Welcome to Working Matters. My name is Carl Edwards. Join our conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, we are well into week three here on our interesting topic of technology change. Are we dealing with some great new tools or just some horrendous obstacles to what we're trying to get done? With me is George Rosas, uh, my technology guru who I turn to, podcast host and software developer. Welcome, George. It's good to be here, Carl. It's good to connect with our listeners who are technologically savvy. They are listening to podcasts and they are on the bandwagon. I'm excited to be able to communicate with them directly instead of just behind the scenes. We aren't telling people to check whether their computer power is on before we help them troubleshoot, are we? No, no. These listeners know what's going on. They are they're jogging around uh, Central Park right now and they're listening, and to, they're listening to, us. to us and getting some good ideas. Well, that's great. We're working with upgrades today. I call it eternal upgrades because things are changing all the time. And how to, how to think about that? Do we upgrade all the time, whatever the cost? It's a good question. Some businesses that have mission-critical applications, you know, maybe it's a, a recording studio. Do they want to jump on to the next version of software all the time? Or if something is working, do we want to risk it and uh, go with the latest and greatest, even though it may bring some problems? That's what we're trying to do is discern the nature of what headaches we're going to get into moving forward and what benefits we're going to get out of it. Now, one of the headaches uh, and realities, just reality of anything new, is the learning curve. You know, as you work with people and are recommending don't get left behind, you've got to stay up with your hardware and software here, you're really asking them to retrain people a lot too. That's difficult. Yeah, that's right. And for people out there who are considering upgrading to latest and greatest technology, there is a, a big training expense that can happen when you're getting ready to jump up to the next level. That is definitely one of the things to consider, you know, especially with businesses that are entrenched in a technology that really drives what makes them money and what helps people communicate with each other in the office. I don't know if you've ever been through a Lotus Notes to Outlook conversion, Carl, but I can tell you it's not pretty, and I've done two of them, and I don't want any more. (laughs) (laughs) I won't go looking for it then. No. (laughs) Thanks for the heads up there. But at some point, we need to face that learning curve. So what one thing I'm hearing from you is I need to include that in my planning, that if I'm going to take advantage of the benefit of a new operating system, for example, I need to incorporate into what it's going to cost me is a certain amount of, not downtime, but learning time for the team. Always keep in mind the big picture when we're changing these things that we depend on every single day. Now, one of the things you're always telling me is that software and hardware is not going to last forever. And these companies, they're moving forward whether or not we do. Let's talk to our listeners a little about that, because that was very helpful to me. Some of this is out of our hands, isn't it? You know, a lot of times we depend on other software and other hardware to get our business done. For example, you know, if you're a business and you run a particular server software, maybe it runs your website, maybe mm-hmm. it runs your your voicemail, maybe it runs, you know, your database. You know, they may come around and tell you the next version is coming out in January and you've got to jump on board because we're not going to support the older version anymore. Mm. It's got bugs that we have fixed in the new version and we're not going back and fixing them in the old version or sometimes we are in these contracts and uh, at that point we sometimes don't have a choice and uh, we, we will have to upgrade and you know another complexity to all of this is that sometimes we have a parent company and maybe this parent company does not allow us to upgrade maybe they have a procedure Ooh, that yeah. 
where maybe they have to have a their own testing team go through and verify this new software before anyone else can install it. And, you know, they have their own testers, their own groups that, that verify these things. Sometimes we're stuck. Sometimes we don't know what to do. It's very important to always have support. If it blows up, if you have to rebuild it from scratch, which sometimes happens, uh, rarely these days, but it does happen, You know, we have to know that we'll be able to keep this going tomorrow. We risk losing that support. We risk being cut off from the original authors and those who could do it. And that's a big risk. You know, On our little risk-to-reliability scale spectrum that we're working with, that's a toughie to recommend to your supervisor, isn't it? Now, the other side of that, though, that you point to, to play devil's advocate here, is that not every upgrade needs to be jumped on. It is okay. You mentioned that it's okay not to take everything that comes along. So speak to that side of it a little, and then let's play with that tension. In an environment where we're responsible for decision-making, when it comes to computer upgrades, we really should have a team meeting with all of the those responsible for the software and even some of the users and be able to talk about what are we going to get out of this upgrade if it's optional how is this going to help us and uh, sometimes it's okay to wait for the next version sometimes we can sit it out and wait till something that interests us pops along and departments are always into saving some money also and so sometimes these things make financial sense as well that's a good point so we could almost just math it out with the do we take advantage of the kind of cheaper upgrade price, even though we don't need the upgrade. At the risk of being left behind, or do we say, well, we don't need this upgrade right now, and so we'll save that money, but then down the road, if we wait a version or two later, we may have to buy the whole package at the off-the-shelf price again and start from scratch, but have saved ourselves some trouble and headache in the meantime. There are a lot of people out there who, for the Christmas holiday season, are going to go out and buy a new laptop, maybe, or mm-hmm. a new desktop machine. And some of them will walk into a retailer and buy a new computer, bring it home, and realize that their Windows XP machine is now a Windows Vista machine. And oh, yes. uh, maybe Windows Vista is slower than their old machine, or it could happen for any other type of computer, really. But, uh, you know, really want to make an informed decision when we go out there and give these companies our business. And Carl, if I had you on my team and uh, we were presented with a software upgrade, uh, maybe a vendor comes in and says, hey, uh, version 8 of this software is going to give you uh, these new amount of features. What would your suggestions be to a company who wants to look at maybe the metrics of upgrading? What's the right thing to do? The first thing I try to do is set people free of that burden and pressure of coming up with the correct decision, the standard criteria by which to choose what they should do. And what I suggest is that decision-making spectrum between, is this change going to bring you an arithmetic benefit? Yeah, you get a few new features, but at a lot of big learning curve and maybe frustrating a lot of the team with starting over again, versus if it's going to give you some kind of exponential benefit where you'll be able to eliminate entire processes or not use paper at all, or entire layers of communication are removed then that learning effort is more than worth it. And it's really a matter of coming up with a useful way just to think about it and then making your choice and living with it. 
And in your experience, is it easier to have a sort of top-down approach to this decision-making? Do you want, say, your chief technology officer to evaluate this? Or do you want a meeting of the minds at the company? Do you want to include as many people as possible in this decision-making? Or do you want to limit that? Oh, that's a great question. Actually, one of my pet passions is keeping the technology people in their place. And I just said that negatively. And I don't mean it negatively. But Ouch! I, yeah, that's right. Ooh. Oh my gosh, George just walked off. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here. Oh, okay. Every decision revolves around your primary mission as a company. Unless you are in the technology field itself, your company is not about technology. And so your technology team are the inappropriate group of people to be making those decisions. It's really the people trying to get work done who need to be involved in this conversation and in this thinking process. And your leaders guide this. What are you trying to do and how are you trying to accomplish it and what would help get it done? Now your technology team, as they sit in and they're hearing what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish, they know what's out there and they know what can get you there. So you never merely want things to go faster. You never merely need more data. You never merely need more resolution on your screen. Those are, would all be um, things that would distract you and, and spend unnecessary money. But if you're trying to accomplish something and a tech, your technology team says, well, there is a communication technology out there now where you can communicate anywhere in the world, equal audio quality and no cost, you know, let's set up this over the internet instead of through the telephone system, they're helping you accomplish your stuff with technology. And that's where you want their expertise. That's where you want to listen to them and respect them. But the decision-making needs to stay focused around your business purpose. And that's a good point because a lot of times the technology folks at a company sort of feel underappreciated. They feel that they are sort of transparent in the process, that, mm. that they are steering the machine a certain way. And sometimes behind closed doors, the, the technology people will talk about how people ask them to do ridiculous things sometimes. Sometimes the decision-making process is so separated from the technology that there is a sort of a headbutting that happens. I've seen it happen many times. In my experience, it's been best when someone who is making these decisions at least has a rudimentary understanding of the process in, involved. And so if you're up at the top, it would be a good idea to just spend some time with your technology folks, get to know what it is that they do, you know, get some of their input, even if ultimately uh, they're not going to decide what we're doing next. Well, you speak eloquently to the other side of the uh, equation. On one end of the spectrum, we have the companies that turn the decision-making over to the technology people, and technology drives how they do business. And on the other side, what you're pointing to is those people in leadership or management or in sales who try to make the technology decisions, and they, they know what they need, and they think they know the solution as well. And they come to the technology team and say, oh, we need such and such a solution here. If I had a, <laughs> if I had a banner to unfurl in my office, it would definitely be, tell me what to do, but don't tell me how to do it. Exactly. And that's where we're getting into, we're actually getting into a great topic of how teams with different expertise would work well together so that technology, on the one hand, doesn't drive what your business is about, so that you end up not being able to pursue a business goal aggressively because you're tied to a certain form of technology, nor are you out there thinking you know best and doing entire decision-making processes in a vacuum because you think you understand the value of adding memory or going to a 
DSL versus you know fiber optic cable, and you're really an accountant. Well, that's great. We're going to have to stop there just because of time today. You pushed one of my management hot buttons there. We are going to continue our conversation next week, and we hope you all join us again for this week. We're going to thank you for being here and shift the conversation to the web and the blog at boldenterprises.com. We will see you there and here next week. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.